This is your boy, the Cannon Junkie. I am here on a lovely Bombad for Friday with my man, my better half, I would say probably, uh, Mr. Scott T.J. Rowe. Scott, Scotty, how you doing, buddy? I'm really enjoying how you bring me in now, you know, because since we got married last week, it's really nice to now know it's, that... Oh, we haven't let anybody else in, but yeah, yeah, guys, you know, just send us your congratulations and all gifts, <laughs> your gifts. Uh, to uh-huh. the Bombadcast uh, okay, box uh, set up. So, so yes, but I'm, you know, I'm doing great, Gerald. I'm actually um, trying to overcome a little bit of mucus in my throat right now. I'm a little, um, I'm a little, uh, how would you say, um, under the weather? But um, I That's feel like very Gungan of you, though. You know, it's like remember yes. in the Clone Wars, Jar Jar like spat at that like Gungan sealant. He's yes, spat, he spat a loogie on uh, Padme's. To, yes, uh, I feel life. a little like Camino, so that's pretty good. But if, um, if any of us start like you know, I don't know, like losing and rambling, or, or, or you know, it'll probably be be me. You can just like hock a loop on my uh, on my uh, part of the screen, I guess. So we'll do. Uh, uh, I I don't know how that'll work, but anyway. <laughs> but we got a guest tonight, though, Scotty. Who is the guest, Gerald? We we have with us n- none other than Miss Shannon Morin of. Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge. Uh, you know her. You love her. She is one of our good friends from Celebration. We all were hanging, hanging out um, at the podcast meetup and just, uh, gosh, having a, a, a blast. on bad time. I, I try, try not to work that word into every sentence, but it's hard. You know, it's hard not to work into <laughs> Shannon, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, tasty. I am fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah, no, it, it's it's great. It feels like we're kind of back sitting in the uh, little small room at Celebration, Aww. where you guys were just kind of behind me yes. and to the right. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, Jerry was the first person to ever like recognize who I was because he was like, "Your postcards from the Galaxy's Edge." I was like, "Yes," yeah. and he was like, "I'm Cannon Junkie." I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. we like, have to work <laughs> together!" And then yeah, it was just it was the first time anyone had ever like. I, that's when I first realized, I was like, "Oh my god, people are actually like listening." And these are real people. I, I think at that point I had like two episodes because yeah life is crazy which we'll get into in a little bit with my my job and things so i was just like at the time i think i had two episodes it was like coruscant and endor and i was like oh my god okay people are actually paying attention i need to do this on a bit more of a regular basis (laughs) but uh yeah (laughs) you're welcome for the added uh uh stress I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's definitely not stress because I've it's it's been interesting because I've now been doing podcasting just a little over a year now and and uh, audio editing is kind of my not Achilles heel but was one of my weaker things and now I I mean it's it's getting faster every episode I'm learning tricks and you know also when you start getting templates set up and all the sound effects and things so it's definitely coming so it yeah it's a learning process and yeah. things and of course Jerry here is my lovely navigator and ah. tells me. About oh, my canon planets, yes, sir. <laughs> How awesome is that? No, I think I think P 
people who listen to you will chime in and listen to us, and people who listen to us will chime in and listen to you. That's the beauty of this whole community we've got going on, and especially when you come to Celebration, you can have it meet all together in one room, which is just honestly one of the most magical things in the world, because it was like... I don't know. Celebration next year is going to be different for everyone. We're going to have business cards and buttons and all those kinds of crazy stuff being, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I get really giddy when I think about things like that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really very happy you're here, Shannon. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Very excited. I did joke when I had a John Hoey on my show, or maybe it was Lacey. It was one of them. I said, you need to just have like a resistance broadcast network because do you realize (laughs) after your like podcast, like, live thing we like i think three spawned i know you guys right. did i have yeah. i don't know if there's a third one but i mean it's like all these kind of like subsets <laughs> it did no no yeah dude and celebration is amazing it, my, it was my first time to go last year it felt like the first year you go to go to summer camp <laughs> and this year like now they're kind of like it's really looking like i'm gonna be able to make it again and it's it's just kind of really approaching fast it feels like when you go back to summer camp and you like know everybody now and like, you know, you're, you're, you're like, you got like a crew, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, walking around around. They're like, we're going to take this place storm, you know, maybe get kicked yeah. out. I don't know. Well, can I, can I voice? Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott, he's going to get kicked out of, of Gatsby's Edge because he's going to get drunk and, oh. and try to leave the bar in a. Uh, never, day. never, never so. know. Oh, no, no, with that being said, though, I have to bring up one thing. This is going to be another weird celebration, not only because of the networking, but also the idea of like. I, I don't know, like, there's going to be so many events going on that our friends are going to be hosting and doing and being attendees at and, and, and whatever the situation is going to be. It's going to be even weirder to, like, be like, I want to go to this, but I got to go to this. And this is going to be this time. Like, you know, I'm sure you might be, too, but we're going to try to submit our podcast to the pop, to the podcast panel. And, like, me and my my buddy Eric keep joking, like, the podcast panel is going to be during the Kenobi panel or something. It's going to be, like, like yes. I'm going to be the only, me and Jeremy, the only ones sitting there talking while the Kenobi thing's going on. No one's in the room with us. It's going to feel, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I just can't wait. Uh, it's going to be, it's. It's it's going to be amazing, but I'm also I'm a bit sad because I actually sadly will not be able to attend uh, this year. So it was kind of last year was kind of my last big push because I was like, oh, it's the last film. Yes. I need to be there. And it was Chicago and it was way to see my parents. So oh. sadly, I think the next time uh, going to celebration is if it ever comes back to Europe, which, of course, right. then that means a lot of you guys probably can't come over here. So it, it's a bit of a bittersweet. But uh, yeah. We're gonna yeah. make it work. <laughs> we will patch. We will patch Shannon uh, in. Definitely, we'll, we'll like bring you in via satellite. So totally. Yeah, exactly. Walk around. Walk day. around with like a screen on, you know, on our chest or something, and like a camera like on our head, like, like on arrest or like on arrest development, like the guy who's the, the surrogate like, stuff. From, yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, so if you don't go to prison, well, well, you know, uh, Scotty, there's something, something that we we kind of started this podcast doing, and yeah. we, we've kind of kind of fallen off of it for a while, and we talked about bring it back. As, as a segment for our guest episode. Yes. And I don't know if you want to kind of give the lowdown on what that is. I think, I think, think very, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what, what the, what's the word I'm looking for? Obsessive bomb bed listeners are, are going to be, that, maybe that's not the word, but anyway. Oh, I think you would l- say Let us in, Scotty, let us in on the secret. The ones from, yes, from yes. June of 2019 would get the this. Faithful <laughs> few. Like Anthony Goodman, maybe? Probably. Where's, Maybe Rick, you guys, you guys have been around for a while anyway. Farm boy, but yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, that being said, this is something I always I thought of 
way back, must have been two or three years ago, because it is the best way to categorize Star Wars movies. I've never, it is the best way. But uh, this is this is the way I categorize it, because it's the one that makes the most sense, because you can really take Star Wars and put it into so many different categories. But my, my three, which are something I want to kind of reintroduce, like Jerry said, is the idea of the best, your favorite, and the most fun Star Wars movies. I know, I know, Shannon, I got you thinking, I'm sorry. Um, oh, Jerry, do you, it God, is okay. a thinker. Since it's, been, since it's been a while, do you want to just give ours again real quick? Sure, well, I think mine's actually changed. Me too. Um, Ooh, don't tell me, yeah. don't let me get in, I'll go first, okay. if that's okay, because I don't, I don't want to get, because um, I'm such an open-minded person, right. I don't want to get like... I get it. Yeah. So, okay, off the bat, I feel the best, we have to go with A New Hope. Just because it set the groundwork. Okay. And I think it should, and it's also, I feel the best because you can introduce it to young fans, old fans, and if they're not into it, they're not missing anything, but they've seen a great film. So they've seen okay. Star Wars A New Hope. There you, right. go. you can keep your fan card. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite is still, even after The Rise of Skywalker, is The Last Jedi. There we go. Because it really, it really made, it challenged me a lot. Solid and it really, and it actually really got me interested in looking into deeper literary themes in Star Wars. I appreciate and respect some people don't want that and or they don't like that. That's completely fair. Yeah. And finally, for my most fun, it's grown on me, is Solo. Because Solo oh. actually was not my favorite uh, when I saw it in the cinemas. I thought it was too fan servicey at first. Yeah. But now I have really, really, if I want something just fun to play in the background or like while I'm prepping things, and it's my better half's favorite. And actually, I think because of her, I've really seen it through someone else's eyes and and joined it, and of course, you know the Make Solo Two happen movement and everything. So Solo is definitely my most fun. So sorry, there we go. I didn't that know was awesome. Awesome. get like and, no, <laughs> and get no, influenced. no worries at all. That's that's what we really wanted from it and stuff. And and seriously, very very solid answers. So yeah, really though, like that that's something we that uh, they, those are three I actually would not think would be the ones brought up. I want to hear Gerald's because this is a uh, this gets interesting. Okay, so. I actually have me, me and Shannon. We're, we're similar, uh, but I don't, if you remember back all, all the way back, our first episode in June of 2019. Um, I think my my best and my favorite have sw- switched. Yes. So the best Star Wars film, in my opinion, I think is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I think that my favorite is now. Uh, after a, 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 and I, I think you guys, I don't know if it dropped this week or not, but after a little chat with our good friend Pete Flair, um, I, I think my favorite is is Last Jedi. I think it yes. it is. I mean, just Here right now, it's, it's really moved up the, the list. And, and again, you were saying, Shannon, after Rise of Skywalker, and I loved Rise of Skywalker. Like, like it's grown up. I think I had, like, just a few, like, dumb issues you know when i first watched it and stuff but it's just really grown on me but i i think my favorite of the sequel trilogy and just current favorite is uh last, last jedi. jedi uh and my most fun i have to agree with shannon is solo that's just i i almost want to say rise of skywalker just to give it a little love but it's just i almost like break into um ugly cries in uh, in a good way in a lot of that movie like that movie like <laughs> makes me feel emotional which yeah. i yeah. love i want that it makes me feel good emotional things but i also like solo's just a blast i mean the kessel run the train heist 
Um, hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Of course. And I really want the Disney Plus series, mm. The Adventures of Young Han Solo. So uh, thank you very much. <laughs> and good night. Scotty. Well. What? Are yours. Like Gerald said, uh, his has changed and mine has changed as well. Uh, my first with the best to evolving. me is still TLJ. Everything it did just for me emotionally and the things that with the Snoke and, and with the Snoke. Things with Snoke. <laughs> the Snoke. Things with, things with the, the, Snoke the fire. <laughs> yes, exactly. Snoke the fire. Uh, no, the things that dealt with Luke and Kylo Ren. Like every character in such a great moment. And I, and I really do think it's probably the one that's going to be looked at one day and be like, wow. Why were they so mad? This is just so poetically done. <laughs> uh, my favorite is has now changed. It was Return of the Jedi, which still, I think, really is my favorite. But, you know, when things are new and they're refreshing and they kind of come out of nowhere, you kind of tend to cling to that for a little bit. So as of right now, in this very moment, uh, my favorite is The Rise of Skywalker, just because of the things it did and the way it made me feel and the way it really, nice. it, in its own weird way, it connected a lot of the sequel trilogy and, and things that, you know, we will look back on and make comparisons to for years to come. And I think Chris Terry does not get enough credit. Uh, all I'm going to say about that. Um, and <laughs> the most fun still has not changed and will always remain the same. I think the Phantom Menace is the most fun. Just you put it on and like you, play. you can make fun of the lines. You can make fun of a lot of the things from the movie. And you can also. Hold on. Well, hold on. Wait. Hold no. on. You can put it on and finish. make fun of it. That's why it's the most fun. No, come on, like, Scotty. Come no, on. that is fun. Don't get me wrong. It's so <laughs> I'm sorry, memed. It's so memed. And like, I don't know. Like, I just. Oh, that's true. Also love the pod race sequence and all the the fighting is incredible. I just I don't know. I have, I have a really strong feeling towards just what that movie does as a whole. But yeah, with that being said, it's kind of my list and it's it has varied a little bit since the last time. Yeah, I don't know. I like that, it. I mean, that's that's fair. And I actually have a question for you, Scotty. How yes. old were you when the Phantom Menace came out? That might play into it. I was five. Ah, so yeah. I was, oh God, I'm going to age myself now. I think <laughs> it came out in what? 98? Yes. Yeah. 99. 99. Was it 99? It was 99. Okay. So I it would have been of 99. 14 or 15. Yeah. So I was 12. Difference there. Yeah. Uh, but so. actually funny enough, I just had it. I just, cause I had a, a night um, where I had the, the a flat to myself and I was just like, ah, I don't want to swear. So I was like, oh, screw it. I'll, uh, I'll put uh, Phantom Menace on. And uh, I will say nice. what I feel the pre, what really came out of the prequel trilogy is the music. The music oh, yeah. is fantastic. I get chills every yes. time that yeah. Duel of Fates comes on. Oh. Yeah. And when it was in the promotional material for the Rise of Skywalker, I remember the first time I heard it on the train. I mean, I nearly threw my phone in a good way <laughs> as it <in>, like... <gasps> Because I even did this in a Speculation Nation stream where I was like, oh, can you imagine if they were fighting on, you know, the ruins of the Death Star and Duel of Fates was playing? Yes. Little did we know that was the freaking working title of the previous, like, exactly. all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's just kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I that I definitely and, and obviously kind of maybe dovetailing into some visual effects down the road. It also really pushed the boundaries for visual effects into where I'm sitting today yes. by having the first completely you know, CG character being Jar Jar being something. So yeah, it's, I think it's finally getting some love, some sadly 20 years later, Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I think that's the last Jedi's uh, thing as well. Not, not the VFX part, but the, the idea of it coming out and being so 
you know, left and right. Like, you hate it. No, I hate it. I hate it more. And, oh, I love it. I love it more. This weird thing we're in right now. There's no in-between. But I have, a, I have a gut feeling in 20 years from now we'll look at TLJ. And even though I was a scholar, I'd be like, you know what? I don't know. I didn't really understand the whole dislike for this. So I feel like the big thing is for people is when you watch it with your child for the first time and they you, you see it from their opinion or your cousin or whoever, your nephew, niece, whatever the situation be, when you watch it from a childlike view with a kid one day, you'll have a completely different perspective of yeah. this thing. Because I love Jar Jar and my mom would always say, you love Jar Jar. Watching you watch the movie made me enjoy the movie. And that's just exactly. what, she, that's what people would say. So I don't know. That I feel like that's going to be something that'll be very interesting to see turn around when we're in the nursing homes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's here. I have a slight hot take. Yes. I feel Ryan Johnson wouldn't be villainized if he never. Now, let's just say alternate universe. Say he never did the middle thing, but say yeah. he did his trilogy. Oh, mm. I think people would absolutely love what he did because he wasn't dealing with already established characters and character yes. arcs. Yes. And I Luke. think people would really enjoy because I love Looper. I look at Knives Out. People are loving Knives Out. Yes. But I think because he was obviously taking a very bold and creative choice to a pre-established character. Yeah. That's why. Pardon me. The division happens, and yeah. I think mm. that's why it's like I'm still looking forward to his trilogy or set of films or whatever happens because he's now has a brand new sandbox and he can bring those deeper kind of literary thoughts and connections and letting moments breathe and things like that. And you're not having that. Well, that's not my Luke, which, again, if you felt that way, that's fair. I'm not dissing those people, but I think that's where it's kind of happened. That's my hot take. I'm done. Right. She's, the, she's a great guest. Shannon, you're a great guest because that's like <laughs> you, you phrase it exactly how Jared would phrase it. You know, look, we're not here to piss you off. You know, you just kind of like have to ease because you do have to ease into it, which is unfortunate. Well, but And I, with my sultry voice, I just go, calm down, baby calm down. Baby. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even like I feel like I have to backtrack or things. I think it's just one of those. I think it's okay to have like a hot take or something, but say, hey, but I totally get where you're coming of from course. as well. So right. I'm not being disrespectful so yes. but i get what you're saying but yeah it's definitely not a oh but don't don't attack me it's one of those no i see you i because like for example my better half hates the last jedi and yeah. i just have to go yes honey mm-hmm. no i totally <laughs> yeah. <was. laughs> so. yeah that's like you know at first the first i don't know the gosh it feels like we've we've been in a uh uh a long like campaign of <laughs> just like back and forth uh, ever since that came out and stuff. But, I mean, I'm finally to a place, you know, where I, f- I think I got, when I got on Star Wars Twitter and did my Canon Junkie page, you had, you go and you follow all the Star Wars people that it gives you, at least I did, and I've slowly whittled away the, the voices that may have been less negative, less, less than positive or like, you know, causing me mental distress. Um, it's where now I've got a, a space where, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But you really do, you, you, you feel like, I don't, it's like I, I want to just go like, okay, that, that's how you feel. That's cool. Um, I I like it, and I don't really feel like well, I need I, to, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can, I think you can not like for, it, and I can like it. Exactly. I think also for me, because I had a complete reversal, you know, I walked out of The Last Jedi absolutely loving it. I And I had friends who walked out conflicted. And mm-hmm. then I um, I think you, I maybe you and I even said this kind of on um, Pete Fletcher's uh, Around the Galaxy live stream, but was 
when I walked out of the first time seeing The Rise of Skywalker, I, I didn't walk out excited or pumped like I had the two previous films. And I immediately was like, OK, Last Jedi hater, haters, I feel you. I, I now feel what you were feeling. And I even yeah. respect you even more. The ones that were just vocal about it, not the ones that bullied the, the cast right, and all that. But the, the ones know, who were respectful and not. And yeah. were like. Uh, and I was like, all right, I, I feel you now. But then it's kind of like you were saying, seeing it through someone's eyes when I went the second time to the cinema and was with my better half and just seeing her getting excited when, you know, Han showed up and then when yeah. Ness showed up and like, you know, kind of that whole arm beating right. moment where you're like, oh, my God. I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I, I do. And it was also one of those where I was like, you know what? This is the last time we are going to see the Skywalker saga in a cinema for a very long time. Yeah enjoy it and christmas too like god knows when we're going to get another film at christmas time for star wars do you know what i mean so it was like being that moment kind of thing so yeah well can i bring up one thing real quick because that was an amazing point um shannon so you you had a good experience when you saw your significant other right when you saw it yes jerry what about you Oh, was when I saw it with my significant yep. other, or or just people, um, people in general. It, it was fun. Anyone. By that time, I think I had seen it. That was my third or fourth time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she'd she'd kind of like uh, it was the first year where like we did, couldn't find a babysitter or whatever and all that. Yeah, um, but it was good. It was fun. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm with Shannon a little bit where. Um, the first time you go, like the first, I don't know, with this one, you, well, you guys know how I feel about that one. All, all of you guys listening out there and all that, you know, at first it was a little, oh, what's going on? You know, what's, how's, what's happening? Yeah. And um, I don't know, when I, I went to see it with my wife, she had cousins up from Alabama who were visiting us. Yeah. And we took, it was the first time in a long time I went to the theater and bought tickets for like 15 people. And we were all on like a couple rows, almost a whole row, but we couldn't, a couple of people joined last minute. So we put them right in front of us. And, um, it was fun. It was fun going to a theater with a big group. And that was just, uh, just, I don't know, a, a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, but, but Scotty, what, what point were you making? To that, your man? point though, every time I saw it with family, friends, my best friend, my cousins, whoever I saw it with. Every one of them left that movie with just like, wow, that was a great movie. It did everything it should have done. It was emotional. It was, it was you know, super huge. It was fun. You saw old characters, saw new characters, the big three united. It was so weird to, like, have our little bubble of people that we love and follow and people that we might not agree with come out and have their super strong opinions because they're super strong Star Wars fans like us three, you know? And then right. to have the people that go see the movies and they come out in theaters or the people that like to, you know, just the super casual, like my aunt and my uncle, you know, people like that. Yeah. And for them to be like, wow, I loved it. That was not that that didn't change my opinion, but it definitely made me see it from a different eye after that because it does everything I think a Star Wars movie should, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it's something you same. agree with. You know what I mean? Yeah, same with actually my parents, because my parents, they saw it when they were sophomore. They saw the original Star Wars yes. in 1977 when they were sophomores in college. Yeah, wow. So for them to, so that was cool to see the full range. And so for when they saw it, the two of them, because they always go and everything, that they really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, for me, that 
says it all in yeah, volumes. That's right. somebody who's been, I mean, they don't mind the prequels. I mean, they thought Jar Jar was a bit silly, but they yeah, got yeah. it, you know, but yeah. for some, you know, but they remember, you know, Carrie Fisher, Luke Skywalker, I'm, obviously I'm, sw- you know, but anyway, it was like, <laughs> they, it was cool that, so that also made me kind of go, all right, fair enough, you know, and yes, things right. like that. That's awesome. Right. Well, I know that kind it's of, always good to just, like you were saying earlier, Shannon, just to make sure you realize um, a lot of these people who have a different opinion than you, if they're not being a jerk about it, yes. it just to remember that feeling and to remember like, um, th- like the people who didn't like Rise of Skywalker, those of us who liked Rise of Skywalker, those who don't like Last Jedi, just remember like it, you know, no one wants to hate a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's just what do they do with those feelings and stuff? Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. Like it, it's good to get feelings out and talk about them. And yeah. um, as long as we're all doing it respectfully, there you go. Go back and listen to our fandom episode, everybody. There you go. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> that was very Jedi of you, uh, Jerry. But um, Shannon, Jedi you, mind track, mind track, Jedi mind track. What am I saying? Jedi mind trick just now <laughs> uh, over the over this episode. <laughs> J- Shannon, real quick, from what you do and what your podcast is all about, I have one little question. Okay. Yes. What is, now that you've done some research, and Jerry, of course, has helped out a little bit, what is your favorite planet? Do you have a favorite planet? We've never discussed this on the show before. Oh, yeah. I would say, actually, one of my favorite planets is probably the second episode I did was Endor. Yeah? And then, yeah, Endor, just because that was my first introduction. I loved the Ewoks, because, again, that, you know, like some, like how you identified with Jar Jar as a child. I loved the Ewoks, and I know the older the generation before me my parents generation uh-huh. was like oh teddy bears with sticks but it, that's that's also <laughs> something i always think is definitely yes. it's definitely endor and so that's why i was really excited when i thought we were going back to the end we dealt it we did technically go technically, back to endor yeah. just was on a different moon i totally called that one um <laughs> i also though really i really enjoy scarif Scarif yeah. was such a cool. It's my favorite stormtrooper. Is the shore trooper that just yeah. the visuals of the stormtroopers in the water and on the beach? Where it was I like agree. this gorgeous loca- setting, but with this such tragic. Yeah, it's very tricky, and but that those were my two. So yeah, that yeah. I, I mean, there's so many other ones that are very cool. Like, I forget there was one in a, a video game, Knights of the Old Republic 2, and it was like the bottom of it. It's not Nar Shaddaa, but like the bottom of it had been blown out or yeah. something. Um, that was a really cool visual and things. But uh, but no, to answer your question, those were, I would have to say Endor because that was my first introduction. Um, and then just for something different was uh, Scarif. That's awesome. Oh, nice. I never thought about Scarif being one of them. I, not, 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 you know, not just from your personality, but like Scarif in general. Like it's such a – you almost forget about it. You know, I love Rogue One. Don't get me wrong. But you almost – like that whole cool. sequence, the last 45 minutes of the movie when you first see the planet and then the mm. – you forget it's like an imperial planet because of how it looks. You think Empire, yeah. you think of like sad and drab. But you got to think well, – at least one of their planets was like a pretty cool – staycation kind of place you know what i mean yeah i mean it was like the beaches of the star wars universe yeah exactly well well, and also it was the first time visual effect wise again sorry everything always goes to visual effects but that was the first time that we uh saw x-wings fighting kind of within a planet's hemisphere and gravity and and hence why they had to do new techniques for reflections and things in the cockpits because everything else used to be up in the stars whereas this was the first time like when they go through i actually just watched rogue one like the other day again for the first time in like 
two years. It's the only one I don't own. I need because I keep having it on uh, Sky and Netflix here in the UK. So I need right. to buy it. But um, I found it at work and just was kind of having it play in the background when I was working a late shift. And just, yeah, the, when they go through that shield uh, you know, the planet shield or whatever. And then I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is the first time we're seeing like U wings and X wings. They're in the hemisphere. They're not like, you know, in the atmosphere. And then that's what then led into the last Jedi where then now the Millennium Falcon is kind of, so, I mean, it, everything dovetails, but that's um, awesome. yeah. yeah, I always thought that was quite cool. That is, that is really awesome. sick. You know, like there's, that I never thought about that sequence introducing a lot for VFX, and of course the amazing tie-in with the original uh, leaders, you know, red, not red leader, yeah. uh, whatever the leaders, Jerry, oh. you know, um, you know the names. Yeah, well, red leader and gold leader. Yeah, red um, leader. yeah. trying to think, Dutch Vander and Garvin Drace. Yeah, Dave, Garvin, Dave Drace, the only guy in Star Wars named Dave. <laughs> I don't know if that's canon anymore, but well, I, wish, I hope it is. Those are some great answers. I I, I guess I. I really wouldn't know mine off the top of my head. Jerry, do you have any favorite planets we can discuss briefly? I think I know his because he has oh, a postcard man. coming. Ah. Ooh. Um, well, I hope I answer the right one because I can't really remember. Um, <laughs> I, I love uh, – it's, it's hard because I love just like any really cool environment and stuff. Like I, I love – I don't. I, I love the Scarif, but I love I, Scarif's really cool because it's just it's different. Um, um, man, there's a lot of really cool ones. There's a lot of really cool ones. Um, I can't. I can't pick. There's so many. Um, Do you remember like which just, one was it, your episode on uh, oh, my show? Which one was my episode? Um, I guess it's tricky because you do also do the navigation, don't you? Yeah. Yes, it was Lothal. Oh, nice. Lothal, well, I, say, I love Rebels and stuff, and Lothal is just kind of an interesting, um, almost what, like, I guess we kind of thought Dantooine was going to be like, maybe a little bit, which I think Dantooine might be a little, kind of like yeah, kind of yeah. grasslands and stuff, but it had, like, all the little, uh, uh, like, candy corn mountains all over it or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, shaped things. Um, I, I do love that one. Um, I don't know. It's just almost depends on whatever I'm watching at the moment or whatever. Totally. And it's like, ooh, that's a really cool place. Like I I was just watching uh the episode uh was it Heroes on Both Sides of the Clone Wars where uh and I don't I don't want to like do any spoilers for Shannon or whatever, uh but um it's the one where uh Queen or Padme takes uh Ahsoka because Ahsoka's very like Oh, all separatists are bad. And she takes her to a separatist controlled world where the leader is like an old, uh, uh, um, what is it? What, what would you call it? A, a, a mentor of Padme's and stuff like a, almost a family. Like she's almost like an aunt to Padme. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, Mina Bonteri. And it's, I'm trying to think of the name of the planet. It's Raxus or something, I think. But she, I just, I never noticed until I watched it this time when she's like land, they're landing in a major city and it looks, it's like massive because it's a Star Wars city, but it's also kind of like old school looking. It, it was just such a cool look. Yeah. And the, the, the whole planet, like the architecture, even like her house had like a almost like a Victorian 19th century feel, the way the people dressed, like. Lux Bonteri, who is her son, who like kind of is a love interest for Ahsoka, has like that like ascot scarf like tucked in with a jacket, yeah, yeah. and I mean just the whole and it was very just a big, I don't know if you remember that one, Scotty, or if you've seen any if you guys oh, have I seen didn't. any pictures, but that's that I don't know just like and so right now that's the one that comes to mind. It's just like really whatever 
I'm watching because there's just so much in Star Wars. Like, uh, and that is my um, long-winded, um, wishy-washy answer. So, and Jerry, great point. You know, dealing with everything you you stated earlier. And uh, no, with that being said, just just to kind of you know keep this thing going. My favorite planet is Jakku because the idea of it's really kind of cool. You're living in the, uh, you're living in pretty much the outcome of the last war. And that's where Ray was kind of raised. That's where Finn had his turn. And that's where Kylo and first recognized Finn. That's where, you know, they kind of crash landed on later. It's just like, I don't know. I think, I think it's a really cool, uh, I think it's a really cool planet in general. And, um, yeah, no, with that being said, Shan, I kind of want to kind of get into what you do and what your world's about. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's Excellent. do it. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, Shannon, kind of, if you don't mind, kind of give us a rundown of what you do and, and, and the significance of, of, you know, not just your job, but your role in, in, I guess the idea of visual effects, you know, and we'll kind of sure. quiz you after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds no good. Um, yeah, no pressure. Um, so I'm what they call a visual effect editor, which is different than um, the editor who edits the film with the industry term is usually the offline editor. You usually have an offline editor who does the like creative assemblies. And then an online editor will be like sometimes your audio or your grade or that can even be subset. But I'm what they call a visual effect editor. So basically what happens is kind of think of it like um a relay race in on in like track so you have one person who's running around the track and then they hand off the baton and you have to keep in the same track but you have to you know so you have to be in the same momentum and things and um and kind of we're also like the i always say the revolving door visual effects so we're usually the first people to get the footage the uh we call it scans but it'll be like the takes that are on set and various kind of uh documents and things are sent to us to maintain the edit so that way what they're looking at over these are just speculative terms but like i'll just name random things this is not like companies i'm working with but say i um you know the people editing the rise of skywalker will then hand it to us and then we have to make sure that that edit maintains or they have to let us know when the edit updates because we have artists basically what happens is we give the shots to the artists to add all their great special effects and or excuse me visual effects and um you know simulations and things like that and they give it back to us the vfx editors we make sure everything is just so and i mean we're talking down to the frame so we have to flag things like hey sorry this shot is four frames short or hey you're you're thing your aspect ratio is wrong so we're kind of the final checks as yeah. well before we hand it back to the client to make it just so um so that that's in a nutshell and the other thing of like visual effect editors do depending on the company that you're working on is you run um the dailies sessions where uh you'll have kind of the supervisors or the clients and things looking at the various shots and we kind of are in the background making sure everything is running properly and things. So uh, some companies I've worked at were actually running the session. So they'll go, okay, next shot, uh, go forward, go back, zoom in, zoom out. Other places I've worked, the supervisors actually run the sessions. We just make sure everything's working in terms of sound and video. But yeah, that's the, it's unfortunately not really a very creative role, but it is very demanding in the sense that you have to be on your A game all the time. You have to make sure that you're not letting things slip through the cracks because if you don't catch something then it could ripple effect down the line and yeah so that's 
kind of a long-winded answer, but yes, that's no, what a visual no, effects perfect. editor well, is. I wanted to ask you, and, and you mentioned exactly what I was thinking of. I don't know much about film production. I have worked on short films that do not require any VFX or anything like that. But but I will say this. The fact – the first thing my brain went to is, oh, she gets the dailies. And that's exactly what you get essentially, right? You get to see the rawest, most rough-cut looking, no color grading, no sound effects added. You get to hear the cut. You get to hear – actually, you get to hear all of it. So uh, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool because especially – I don't know what projects you've worked on really, but it, you know – Whenever it's something that's either really VFX heavy or really, you know, VFX light, I guess you could say, I bet that's actually pretty awesome because you could still see, I know the green screen work is not easy, but it's much easier than using a 3D model and having it be animated and everything. That's, that's really kind of incredible that you get to see the most raw and pure form of, of the filmmaking process and that's your yeah. job to kind of coordinate it to make it the the final outcome the director you know not only wants to see but what's required of the of the shots and sequences themselves that's really awesome very specific yeah we're very much the li- we're also very much the liaisons between like production and client side and kind of wow. the middleman and and have to um so yeah it, it i mean visual effects in general sometimes unfortunately is kind of the unglorified yeah. side but um it, it is very cool to kind of see um a, a shot progression as well because and this is why i've been very choosy of what projects to be on mm-hmm. and i will touch this in a little bit because this is one of your later questions yeah. but um yeah it's the i definitely like i think my biggest one was seeing uh alien covenant really come to wow. life because i i don't know yeah like um you know the sorry <laughs> you know the you know the scene where like they have the flashback and all the yeah, the yeah. engineers of course. that scene the edit for that scene i think changed 3 times wow and things yeah so um yeah, and I mean, even even in the Lion King, some of the the scenes would change and whatnot, and we'd have to update accordingly. So yeah, you get to kind of see the evolution. And sometimes you're like, oh, why did you take that out? Yeah, but yeah. of course, the editor and the actual because before being a VFX editor, I was an offline editor. Oh. So um, so the creative in me is like, oh, why did you take that out? But you're like, okay, gotta have faith in the process and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Can I say something? I don't mean to like. To like bone <laughs> ego. This is so awesome. I don't know. Like, I'm a middle school teacher. I don't know if you know that. But you know how like no, I don't. But it's cool. <laughs> you might have you know people. You meet people and you're like, oh my god, I have career envy of you, or I have you know even little things like that. It's just so cool to think like I don't know. That's your job. You know what I mean? My job is to teach science to sixth and seventh graders, and I love it. And trust me, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But like when you mention something like. Alien Covenant. I'm a big fan of Ridley Scott. Or you mentioned even Lion King. Or I don't even know what else you worked on. And that's it's up for you to to tell the people. I'm, I'm not going to be the one to pry that from you. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, whenever that's mentioned, it gets me kind of giddy because those are things like I dream. You know what? I dream of like hearing Ridley Scott. You know, giving directions and then or whatever the whatever the the outcome may be or whoever you work with. Just like I can't imagine seeing the Xenomorph costume like looking the way it does in a raw form before anything's colored. I don't know. That like gets me going. You have no idea. That's incredible. No, it, it, it's really cool. Features. Yeah. 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 Save the bonus features. 
anyway. Yeah, I think I think for me as well, it also is what keeps me humble is by like your reactions and things because of course it is a job, and so like any job, you get tired, you get frustrated, oh, you're easy. like, oh my god, the hours are ridiculous, the pay is very low because it is, it, it's not a lot of pay. Yeah. The hours, mm. the demands, because client based kind of work is very demanding and sometimes not very rewarding. But I always tell myself, you know, I was a military kid. I moved my entire life. I grew up in like small town, Kansas. A lot of my friends are still there. So sometimes when I'm, when I'm having like a bad day, I have to really check myself and go, yeah, this is crap, but look at what you're dealing with of and course. looking at and like never forget that. Like I'm also, I'm, I'm a cyclist. I commute from a train station to work. So I'm riding past Buckingham palace and Piccadilly circus. And I'm always wow. very mindful to That's be awesome. like, don't, don't take this ever take this for granted yeah. because there are, you know, 20 people that, you know, would love to do what you're doing. And, you know, I just very much, and I have a great, my better half, definitely. She, um, she's a nurse. So yeah. when things are like crazy at work and I'm like, Oh, there's this emergency. She's like, no, there's not, no, <laughs> no one's dying. You it. know, it's one of those, it keeps me very <laughs> humble. Sometimes slightly frustrating because it's like, <laughs> but it sucks, but it's, right. I definitely really try to be mindful and stay humble because I never want to be that person to be like, nah, it's no big deal because it is, it's, I'm very blessed and I've had definitely so many people help me get to where I am today. And I'm always so grateful for that. So, yeah, so I I really enjoy seeing you geeking out and I hope it never comes off as arrogant or doing that whole like name dropping because I I hate when people do that where it's like, Oh, I've, yeah, it's me. you're you're the most like down to earth, like humble person <laughs> of all time. So no worries oh. at all. And if I may, if I may blow Scotty's mind even further, uh, I learned something on streaming Star Wars. You were on uh, a Saturday evening uh, that Scotty. Yeah, uh, we are in the presence of the Kermit the Frog Lipton Tea commercial royalty. Uh, Shannon also had a hand in that. So you're welcome for that meme. That's uh, yeah. That, let me th- tell you, that, that was the, the most, that was the most surreal thing. Cause let me tell you, that was actually my first taste of, Oh my God, this industry is rough. It yeah. was my first week. And it was that commercial, which I was like, oh, this is cool. I love the Muppets, Mm -hmm. whatever. And let me tell you, that lens flare in the glass, they did so many versions of that to get the, because obviously what it does in real life and what the client wanted was ridiculous. But they did, when they did the final delivery, they worked a 36 hour day, not week, day. And they sent they luckily, because it was like my first week or so, they yeah. sent me home because they were like, oh, well, you're still training or whatever. But I literally was sitting there on the train going, I don't know if this is what I exactly. want. Like, I can't. I can't do this. Right. I have, you know, I don't have children. That's just not sadly will not be a blessing in my life, but yeah. I still have a family. And yeah. I'm just like. I don't know if I can do this. And it really does sometimes. And I remember being on the phone to my mom, actually, really in tears because I was like, I finally got what I wanted, but I don't know if I want it because I can't do 36 hour days. And yeah, so it's that that's that kind of stuff that uh, that's for for me. That's commercials. And that's just that's just not for me. That's great if it's for other people. But that was rough. So, yeah, that was like I remember coming in the next day going, oh, wow, you guys are in. Oh, you're in the same clothes. 
Oh my god, you didn't go home. I was just like, oh Baptism god. So yeah, that's that's yeah, a, pretty much that. That's incredible. I kind of I want to bring up. Well, so the next time anybody uses that gift, think of Shannon yeah. and all the others who <laughs> tirelessly. And yeah, like there was just, like thirty people working thirty six hour day oh day to get that done. That's so, wild. Yes. <laughs> Well, I kind of want to bring up one thing because it's so random, but I thought of it. We have a podcast. We can do things like this. But the fact that you get to go by Buckingham Palace is incredible or anything like that, you know, <laughs> like that's that's crazy. And, and this kind of plays into Jerry and celebration. But Jerry lives in, you know, Michigan. And it was only what, a two hour drive to Chicago. Yeah, right? it was like yeah. just two and a half hours See, from my house. And it's so weird. Things like that are so incredible to me because I'm I'm an hour away from New Orleans. So like we all live oh, by okay. these and operate by these iconic places, you know, that, you know, you read in history books and there's so much things about them. I think it's funny, right. like for anyone listening, you know, it, it's if you ever need, I guess, at least for New Orleans, uh, if you ever want a tour guide, you got me. You know what I mean? It's just like it's kind of funny <laughs> to think that. I don't know. Like I. I I just find that really interesting that we all live by significant cities or we at least uh, go near significant cities in our daily Absolutely. lives. But um, no. well, shout out to Rick Villanueva who lives actually in Chicago, you madman. Oh. Uh, yeah, there you go, buddy. One of the yeah, best. Right right in the heart of Chi-Town. So. <laughs> yeah, my brother my brother actually lived in Chicago for about five, six years. He lived in oh, Wrigleyville. Wow. So uh, that's why like, he was a bit jealous. He couldn't join us at Celebration because he had had moved away from Chicago for a couple of years. So he was looking forward to kind of seeing his city. Because that's yeah. the thing is military kids, we're not really from anywhere. That's why at least when I'm over here, people are like, oh, where are you from? I could just say the States. Yeah. It was very difficult when I used <laughs> to live in the U.S. to be like, where are you from? And I'd be like, well, that's a funny story. And it just exactly. became this really long. There's a great BuzzFeed thing that like was a couple years ago that was like taking the piss out of um, uh, military kids, and it was it's so true, yeah. so true. But I digress. Sorry, I'm kind of no, like going on a magical mystery no. tour so early in no, the morning this here. Is, but yeah. this is all what we this is what we're here for. It kind of right gets here. into it though. You, you <laughs> kind of Shannon Morin. It's a great transition because it, it kind of leads into how did you even get started with this? Because I don't well, think here, you would yeah. have found this. Where would you grow up originally? You said Kansas. I don't think you would have found this in Kansas. You know what I mean? Like well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is here we go here we go boys here is the magical <laughs> mystery tour here we go so okay i was born in uh Tacoma, Washington, because yes. my dad was was um, stationed at Fort Lewis. Uh, then I moved, and I, as a kid, I lived in Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, all over the place, kind of in the central states, uh, the plain states. Um, but I lost that accent. There was a time, especially when I lived in Oklahoma, yeah, I, I, I had a strong Oklahoma accent. But I think because I moved so much, that's why I pick up um, inflections really well. However, also is because I actually, my first love was music and theater. So when I was in high school, I did musical theater. Yes. But I went to a show choir camp of all things. And there was a video, like a scrapbook video at the end. Uh And I saw that it was like from footage of that week. And I literally was like, oh, my God, I need to learn how to do this. And I remember the guy's name. They're like, you need to go talk to a guy named Jamie. He's the one who did it. I was like, "Okay, great. And he told me he taught me about like firewire. He's like, you need to get a camera that has a firewire. I'm really aging myself here. This is like 2001. This is awesome. But but what it was was I have I am 
self-taught. I had this thing where I had to teach myself for years. So everything, it was like an obsession. I was just like, oh my God. And, you know, so I learned that and I begged my parents. I was like, can we please get a camera that has this? They're like, okay, sure. I started filming things with my brother because ironically, my brother wanted to be the filmmaker. I wanted to be the musician. And then when we got in our 20s, we actually switched and he became the musician <laughs> in Chicago and I was the filmmaker. But um yeah. Yeah, just pretty much. And then was literally just editing music videos on my Windows, you know, like not even Windows Movie Maker. I don't even I just remember like you, I would do an edit and I have to render it out, watch it and go, OK, that didn't work. And it didn't even have a timeline. Like I literally was just guessing. Yeah. And we just obsessive written to the point my mom would go, oh, you're up early. Same thing. Kind of like, oh, you haven't gone to bed. She's like, yeah. honey, I, th- I think you found your passion. So I knew from about a senior in high school. So we're now 2003 that. I wanted to be an editor. But, this is awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. This is going to be a very long magical bedstory tour, but this is, I, I like want to show you that kind of how you get to where you, you don't, it's not just like a straight path. So um, I then went into my first kind of community college was I studied musical theater, was at Coffeyville Community College in a very small town in Kansas, bordering on the or, uh, border of Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And there was a fantastic theater department. And within that theater department, uh, there's people doing films. And actually there was a guy that I went to school with that his name is Jason Inman. And he's like he's been on the Schmodowns and he worked for DC okay. for a bit, all access and things. So that was very right. surreal where I was just like, Oh my God, you know, we were like friends like, Holy crap. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, I just, again, kind of everything I, you know, I learned how to do a website. I yeah. found YouTube in its infancy. The frustrating thing is I had a merch store. I had a website. No I was doing YouTube videos, but I was told at two th- in 2004, no one makes money from that. That's wow. YouTube is just for cat videos. You need to get in the industry. The ironic thing is I'm in the industry now. And now these young kids are making millions of dollars millions. doing freaking YouTube videos. Yes. But I digress. Hilarious. Uh, like crying is, a Star Wars celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I was just like, <laughs> Me too. Me too. I was just like, Oh my God. But anyway, um, so then wow. finally realized, you know what? Theater isn't for me because I'm between body types. Anyway, I'll spare you that. So <laughs> I then went to the Colorado Film School, and that was from about 2006 to 2008. And I worked in a TV production company. Uh, and was working in television for a little bit, had my first kind of industry job, but I went to LA for about three months and quickly saw it's not for me. And that's, if it's great for other people, great. It just, I found it was very difficult. They wanted you to still be, you know, the size three blonde in the dark room and I just because I'm not very glamoury, I just it wasn't for me. And I happened to meet my better half at the time in L.A. and they are English. And uh, it was just kind of had me and my mom and dad. They were just like, you know what, maybe, you know, basketball players do this where they I know it sounds like a silly thing, but, you know, basketball players, they change careers and go to different countries. You know, you obviously really care about this person. Maybe do both, you know, see, so I. We did. And um, it's funny, I'm actually kind of doing a, uh, a vlog because I filmed it 10 years ago uh, where I moved to the UK. And this was before vlogging was a thing and um, got went to a film school and learned visual effects. And same thing. I was kind of like, hey, you need to uh, have some post-production support at your school. I could be that person. So they kind of made a job for me there. And then in the meantime, a new software was coming out called Hero, which was uh, by a company called The foundry which is 
what visual effects editors use. I mean, they had a tutorial online, taught myself that, and then just randomly met, met, uh, sorry, randomly messaged on LinkedIn. Hey, is there a department that does hero, which is the name of the software now called nuke studio. And somebody from a prominent company was like, actually, that's funny that you mention it. And sure enough was like, Hey, we want to bring you on. And I got that big name on my resume and that just kicked open the doors. Wow. And ever since then, that's when I, so that's when I got to work on the Lipton's commercial yeah. and then, uh, later transitioned to a different company. And I was a promotional editor for three years, which that was the best job ever. And I miss it so much where basically I got to do all the behind the scenes reels for that company, showing the breakdowns, So showing the evolution of the shots. And that oh, was the wow. best because it was taking visual effects and my love of music and editing and performance yeah. that as an offline editor and putting it into one. But then sadly, you know, companies change directions but i had the best hod in the world that really stood up for me and she's like well we're not letting shannon get laid off she's going on the lion king so i got put on the lion king by accident (laughs) but luckily it's because pardon me but she was saving my ass so i didn't get let go (laughs) and then it then just transitioned to now i'm working in television and i worked on the dark crystal and uh, now working on a so i mean i've been really blessed to name drop these drop new these shows but i mean it's again very hard work and it's it is very hard on the families too because like sometimes like my better half is like, oh, that's great, but you're home late for like the sixth time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that really, and I just, to be honest, I was very blessed to be in England. That's the tricky thing is sometimes it is about luck and timing and location. And I don't think I'd be in where I was if it wasn't for also my better half being English. But, you know, it, it helped me get over to the country, but I still obviously was able to maintain through my training and things like that but uh yeah so there you go there's the long-winded magical mystery tour of how i got started in visual effects it was i was a musical theater nerd and uh liked editing and computers at the same time and transitioned it all into visual effects that's incredible <laughs> i mean no i'm I really like i this is the most adult the Bombad cast ever got. Like the, a live a live story is pretty adult <laughs> for Bombad cast material let's be honest here I mean, wouldn't you yeah. agree gerald we're, we're stepping up our game, guys. We are. That's all I'll say. I've, I told you. I warned you guys. I warned you on social media. So. <laughs> no, um, Shane, that's beautiful. And, and you know, to what you're saying about just the things you're working on, the things you're a part of, it's just, I don't know. You have you really have come all the way. You've really seen the analog to digital thing, too. I mean, let's be really honest. have, yeah. I always say, like, it's weird. I grew up – I was born in 95. I, don't know that, that, I know that yeah. dates me, but, like, I remember being the last – like generation of children to have a house phone, number one, and to be able to not live without a computer. Number two, it's very weird. I'm, I'm this strange generation and, and, you know, Jerry actually got to see it from what eighty seven on. You know, so Jerry got to see yeah. this other. I don't remember much uh, before ninety three, but yeah, yeah. You know, but, no, but still. I'm the same. Like I don't remember much from nineteen ninety. That's why I joke when people are like, "Oh, I'm a kid from the nineties," and they were born in the nineties. No offense. No, I Scotty. am. That's me. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I I don't say, "Oh, I'm a kid of the eighties." I was born in the eighties, but I certainly don't remember it. I maybe oh, yeah. vaguely remember eighty nine, right. but nineties I vividly remember. Exactly. I remember life before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it, it brings to your point, though. It's like the same with your your department as well. There was a time before it was super digital. You know, there was a time before working at VFX. It was very much something that was 
puppetry based and you know I, I not even just that just stop motion and and all these incredible mechanisms that have kind of gone away i mean you could tell us i mean i don't really know but like in in regards to what you do and to, to see how the industry has changed over your life is pretty incredible especially with the the addition to the live wire and like just even little things like that or no what was it called firewire that is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Just like Firewire, yes. Something that's so long and bygone that even the early days of YouTube is just like, oh man, I don't know. It's yeah. It's wild. It's, it's, it's funny, not going anywhere. It? Just like LimeWire. Yeah, just like LimeWire. Exactly. <laughs> oh god, I remember LimeWire and trying to get like trailer cues and and things like yeah, that. Man. But um, oh, yeah, it's incredible. Well, you know, the struggle is real. Thank you for telling us your journey. That's that's really kind of beautiful. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's just no but, for real. It, it yes, very amazing. Well, Thank because you so much. You like you know, and this is a weird thing, but like if you think about the journey that everyone else from this point on is going to go through. Like my students I'm teaching were born in 2008 and trust me, that makes me feel like an old man. Oof. I know, I know I was in seventh grade Holy. in 2008. So like, it's weird to like, I mean, they grew up with these, like this, these smartphones, like this is all they know. When I watched this oh. happen and it was the, the first thing I ever did on a smartphone, my dad's, my dad's best friend's wife had got it and I picked it up and I said, I want to see the maps app. Because I thought that was the most fascinating thing in the world, like, to show your location, <laughs> and then you see the, all on this little device, I, I was at a restaurant. Dude, I, was, I remember I remember when I first got into college and I had ready access to, like, internet in the computer lab, and yeah. I would go on yeah. Google Earth, yeah. we would go on Google Earth and just, like, zoom way in. Yes. Like, look, yep. there's the, the Eiffel Tower at 720p. Well, yeah. No, oh, just, gotcha. I, I want to bring this Amazing. up. It, oh, it just dawned on me. Go can, for it. can I say something, Shannon? This is a great question to ask you. I remember being must have been 2008 or 2009. I remember reading an article saying by the year 2020, visual effects would be so good that the human eye could barely tell a difference between what was real and what was fake. Would you say that we're almost there? Like, I just watched Toy Story 4, and of course I'm looking at all the small things, the dust in the air, but one thing that really stood out to me the absolute most was the water physics and the water on the window at the very opening scene. Mm-hmm. It, I'm getting to talk about it. It looked... Dude, so the rain freaky. in that first scene is insane. Oh my god! Like, yeah. like when, he, when the little dude. I is, mean, that's animation. Yeah, exactly. But still, the the idea yeah. of it, like that, honestly looks like if you had told me, you know, of course, ten years ago, I wouldn't believe you. But like, if you look at that, like when the little uh, race, what's the little green car's name from Toy Story Four? What's its name, Jerry? Uh, uh, RC man. Are that is, that are, is our exactly. good buddy RC, who my daughter absolutely <laughs> adores. Well, when he's stuck in the ditch, and he's like trying to go it. Yeah, it's so like the lighting. It's freaking. It's so impressive. And like, wouldn't you say, Shannon, we're almost there? Like, we're at the. I actually, it's 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 it is funny that you say that because actually, yeah, I'm just having this conversation the other day with streaming Star Wars and talking and just learning about all the stuff where they how they did the Mandalorian visual effects. Oh God! Oh, it's it's so good. It's. It even blew my mind. Like I was reading the main yeah. article that I read was from um, American cinematographer, I, yes, which um, James well. uh, James Bainey posted on his Twitter, and it's great. And oh, you should so definitely, good. if you really want to read, I mean, they get very technical because, of course, it's also a camera magazine, like for camera operators. Yes. But they get so specific. But um, it it is incredible. Like it's funny because I do. Um, we've kind of taken a little bit of a hiatus, but I actually do a visual effect based podcast called Pending Final, which is funny. It's, that's an industry term. But we were talking about the history of visual effects, and I would say, yeah, from about two thousand. 
10 or 9 on was this massive like renaissance of visual effects and like motion cat and things like Andy Serkis, John Favreau, actors trying to take these tools and push them to a new level to where they aren't a gimmick. But I mean, it's funny, even it all comes back to Star Wars. My job, my software I use, Avid and um, Premiere and and Final Cut Pro has kind of of shot itself in the foot in 2011. But that's down to George Lucas because he started the first... Yep, and um, he started the first what they called non-linear editing system, where you're wow. not editing on film and you can swap things out and things on. Like we were just watching uh, Empire of Dreams the other day, oh, me so and my cool. better half, and talking about all the things that have come out of George Lucas. You know, with like ILM, obviously is the big one that started from the beginning. But then you have Skywalker Sound. Yeah. you know, Viatro or not Viatro, but anyway, I forget. I should, Shame on me, but what the first kind of software was. But I have a job because of him. Yes. It's an actual like thing now. So um yeah. it, it's it's insane. And like I I don't even know like where it's gonna go in like say 2030. No idea. No idea. It's gonna be insane. And sometimes it's slightly scary, like oh <laughs> but like you well, going to your water, like water is so difficult to simulate, and we have to thank Pirates of the Caribbean of all things yeah. for that. Yeah. Because that's what started it and it just got better and better and better. And that's why like that that water simulation for the Rise of Skywalker in that Death oh, Star ruins is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Because oh, it's yeah. it's so seamless and water is so difficult and it's so exciting to hear someone like yourself, Scotty, who isn't industry trained, pick it up and go and now you weren't even talking about Rise of Skywalker, you were talking about Toy Story. Exactly. And yeah, it's it's really cool. Very well, cool. It's so all, I have no idea where it's going. Like, I, I can't even fathom. <laughs> well, it's always been something I've been interested in, and not just your career, but the idea of, of what you might have to see or the idea of what the final product is is just fascinating. And I remember hearing this from my uncle. I don't know if this is true, but I remember him telling me vividly that when the prequels were coming out, there was three different divisions of ILM. There was one that was based in England. There was one that was based in California. And there was one that was based in China, maybe. So they had a round yeah. time rendering on different servers. Like, like once the people from England went left at five o'clock to go home, you know, to go to their, you know, back to their house, the people in America were just picking it up. And once they were finished, the people in Hong Kong would pick it up, right? As they left there. I just like the idea of that is so freaking fascinating. But is that is that the reality? Is that definitely the case or no? Is it a little <laughs> um, exaggerated? That is definitely that no, it's not exaggerated. That is the oh. goal. A lot of it is in <laughs> India now. Okay. Uh, the problem is sometimes the time zone works to your advantage and other times it doesn't. Oh. Hence why sometimes the long nights you get in London is yeah. because your clients are in America. So they want to have a session oh. in the afternoon. Like, like us. So case in, yeah, <laughs> so it's like... Right. So it's if the time zone is in your favor, then yes. And that is the thought process of, okay, we can get Bangalore or, you know, Chennai to start doing their stuff. And then it can hand over to London, who can then hand over to Canada, where a lot of a lot of the visual effects, at least, is in Canada, Montreal, Vancouver. Oh, wow. Repeat. But again, sometimes like any pipeline, it clogs up and you have some issues sometimes. But... Yeah, 
that that's, is, that's not an exaggeration. That is the goal. That's incredible. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just. I feel like I'm just interviewing. You. I'm sorry, Shannon, but this is like no. That's okay. That's I absolutely fine. Bizarrely fascinating. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. I've just worked on little stuff. Like I've made short films, and I'm working on one with a guy who's really, I, I would say, someone I, not even I look up to him, but a friend of mine who, who actually I'm going to try to promote their material hopefully in the next couple of weeks for the Bombadcast. But a, a friend of mine, just such a passionate filmmaker, and like I don't know, I just I, I look I look forward to hanging out with these people that I work with, you know, the short films with, and to have someone to talk to you about this kind of stuff is just really cool because you do the you do the legitimate like full on VFX stuff, which is something I just never thought I'd get a chance to talk to someone about. You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I don't mean to ramble. Jerry, you have anything you want to to say to <laughs> Shannon? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, no, you're good. Like I, me and Shannon have talked a lot before. Yes. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I, I mean, I, I'm. I don't think I've heard quite the whole uh, tale of how you got into it, Shannon. Uh, so no, I don't think I've that. ever really had the chance to tell the whole tale because it is right. such a long. It is truly a magical mystery tour, and I think now just kind of because I'm 35 this year, and it's the first time like I've kind of gone, oh wow, I'm not the new kid anymore. Oh, I'm not the young kid anymore. I'm not right. the old kid but i'm not the new kid anymore and like i think talking to um at at chat as well because we're very similar in age and we we come from that same background that it's just like he was one of like my first kind of live streams i ever did with um we were talking about post-production and and things and it was just kind of like wow okay this is the first time that i'm like i've actually kind of been doing this for a bit now and actually feel i kind of have like an outlook on something. I still have always have a lot to learn, but it's quite cool to kind of say, Oh yeah, I remember, you know, doing it this way. And I learned this and then this. And so, and yeah, but then it also gets to get kind of funny. Like I was, I think I was saying the other day where it was like, I was the, the old guy on campus for the lion King. And you know, when I got on the show, people were, I was like, Oh, did this just like in the old film and people were like i haven't seen the old film because that came out after i was or i was born after that i was like oh god okay <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> i was like i'm feeling my age now but well, uh, yeah <laughs> that's awesome because you kind of tie into the the you know the one of the recently one of the most impressive films that really took advantage of special effects and vfx and stuff uh i, I want to ask you this not that something you've worked on in particular but there is there anything that you can watch not from this past year, just in general. Like, what is the most impressive visual or VFX work you have ever seen? Like, there, is, there, is there a stand-up moment oh, God. where you're like... Not, and you can say something you worked on, too. Don't get me wrong. But I want to hear just from someone who's a professional in this career, not even just Star Wars. You can bring up Avatar, anything. Is there anything that you've ever watched that you were just like, oh, my, how... Um, because I forgot what podcast I was listening to recently. Oh, it was great. It was the um, Dennis Muren one with uh, Talking Bay 94. Listen to that. And he had Dennis Muren on, and he brought up the Terminator 2 where the liquid villain, you know, the one that, like, walks through the bars. He was saying how, yeah. like, when he did that, it was, like, so cutting edge. And still, when you watch that back, it's still so impressive. But um, is there any moment maybe throughout your entire life where you could just – pinpoint the most incredible thing you've ever witnessed to something that's just jaw-dropping yeah you actually just helped me find it two words jurassic park oh with the uh which part was it in particular because i can i can name mine from that movie 
the veloc the the, the velociraptors really because that that came out in ninety two yeah so I was oh god what how old I was uh, eight eight yeah and it just and, the, and again I could tell from a very young age I love John Williams music it was that scene. <laughs> yes. And actually, wasn't I? The Velociraptors is what terrified me, which is, I think, sadly, I'm not going to make this a Jurassic Park podcast, but sadly, what I don't like about the later films is they kind of, of made like a Velociraptor a cute kind of. I was like, no, they're supposed to be terrifying. But <laughs> yeah. for me, was that moment Alan Grant is sitting on the ground and, you know, da- uh, Richard, not David, Richard Attenborough has said, Welcome to Jurassic Park. And the music just swells and you just see the yes. brachiosauruses oh, going so across. Good. And the, and then also when he does that noise and he stands up and he grabs the top yes. leaf and crashes. it. I just I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. And it was just I mean, even today, knowing how they did it, it still stands up. Yeah, it still stands up. And for me, this is why I also feel there's a new renaissance coming. I don't know if you've noticed it, gentlemen, that puppetry is coming back. Oh, it is. Yeah. One of the biggest things I love about the sequel trilogy is the what I call the beautiful balance between practical basically special effects and visual effects because that's the difference in the terminology special effects okay. is anything on is anything on set okay. that could be your pra- or practical so that's your explosions that's your puppetry special effects. all that okay yeah that's special effects okay. visual effects is anything post so okay. that's you know anything visual um what's great about the prequels and i i know i can look at the the, some of the visual effects especially like an attack of the clones and things where i go Ugh. yeah however I have its appreciation because George, bless him, he pushed it as far as it could go. And now by doing that, we're able to go, okay, that worked, but let's pull it back and find this middle ground. So Mm. you had the original trilogy that just revolutionized visual effects. You had the prequel trilogy that pushed it to its full digital you know, ability. And then you have a sequel trilogy. That's like, great. Let's now combine the two and find that balance. And then you have things like the dark crystal where a lot of it was so much was in camera. And the only things we're kind of doing is set extensions and what we call, um, uh, facial augmentations where you can make a puppet kind of smirk where you can't quite do that on set, but you can manipulate it slightly just to give that little facial performance. They even did it for Maz Kanata in Rise of Skywalker. I love seeing that breakdown where she, that you can see the puppet, puppet. and then they have mm-hmm. a little cutout where you see that they show here's the digital mouth and yeah. that's the facial augmentation. Um, but that's why I think things like Babu Frick, everyone loves Babu Frick, but why? Because it's a puppet. Exactly. Everyone yeah. loves it, you know, and what I loved was learning that they, and the actress learned to do the puppetry right there with him. And it's just something about it that there's some heart behind it. And, um, I think that's why, and I think that's why, uh, 1917 also won the visual effect Oscar was because it's like, it's seamless oh, you, it's visual seamless. effects visual effects need to now be, and that's like I said the other day on streaming Star Wars, it needs to, that's what visual effects is supposed to be. If it's of done course. correctly, it's, I mean, but obviously with things like Marvel and Star Wars, there's things that you know it's going to be a visual effect, but um, right. yeah, so sorry, that was another no. magical mystery tour, but no. uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very exciting time, and I, 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 I'm excited to see where it's going, and I, I can't even fathom uh, like this again, like I said, the stuff with the Mandalorian, I, ca- I can't even fathom where we're going to go next. Cause it's insane. You know, the lion Kings, you know, I mean, even the jungle book kind of started it, but like it the did. lion King, what happened was 
I mean, virtual product, basically it was virtual production, but that started with Avatar. Say what you will about the story of Avatar. Avatar behind the scenes for visual effects yes. kicked so many doors open. I've said it before. It's, Yes. Yeah, like, so, I mean, the story is not original, but the music is great. And even the visual effects some 10, 11 years later, I'm interested, like, I don't think we need five Avatar films, yeah. but I will say I am interested to see what an Avatar in 2021 oh, is going to look like compared to 2009. Oh, yeah. That's a big difference. Like... Yeah. Pandora, oh my god, with like the, you know how you're talking about water, yes. and I mean, all the simulations we can do some 12 mm. years later, oh my god, I, I bet I'm going to just be like, <gasps> Yeah, I bet. I, I know we're talking about this a lot, Jerry, but like, this is just so cool to me. Like, I guess, <laughs> hey, cool. you guys know that they're just going to film the new Avatar movies at Disney World in Animal Kingdom, right? That's all they're going to do. Oh, <laughs> that you know, they're going to just take the ride a million times and shoot it from different. That areas. is my favorite ride is Flight of Passage. I like, been yet. I still have. Oh, my yet. God. I, I absolutely love it. I thought it was going to be stuff at Galaxy's Edge. And I was so lucky. I got to give a massive shout out to my better half who surprised me and was like, surprise, we're going. Awesome. I was like, um, and really busted her butt to get us on a um, Rise of the Resistance. We didn't even plan it, but Rise of the Resistance happened to open like the week we the wow. during the two weeks we were there. That's but, awesome. Um, so yeah, but hot take. I actually enjoyed Flight of Passage and Pandora as a whole more than I did Galaxy's Edge. I think Galaxy's oh, Edge nice. is still because it's so so new because so it was right. very crowded. Yeah. I was like Pandora at night. Oh my oh, god, the incredible. sounds and the oh, it's so cool. But. Um, yeah, I um I, I anyway, kind of to go back to the visual effects, it's just I think having people again, like I said, Andy Circus, who he very recently I know he kind of ruffled some feathers in the visual effect community when he was saying that, oh, people don't that's not animated. That's me. I think his I think he didn't quite understand. And also, I think some of his quotes were taken out of yes. context but uh, yeah. he um blessed him when he he got a BAFTA uh, fellowship of, not the fellowship that was Kathleen Kennedy but he got a lifetime achievement or something at BAFTA as well and he really kind of said you know thank you to the artists you know the animators and things like that because motion capture though he's really revolutionized that with Gollum and then obviously Snoke and things like that. He's the leading kind of person on that. Um, and then, you know, John Favreau, who's again, an actor, but is like, Hey, how can we push these tools and this technology? So it's, it's even non VFX people going, okay, let's take these tools and like, you know, twist, not twist them, but like push them to their potential, yes. but then also not go so far where it's a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's great. Right. It's such an exciting time. And now with streaming, like the Mandalorian, not only with visual effects, but now bringing high end visual effects to television. Cause there used to be, I mean, even like three, four years ago, we have to thank game of Thrones for this, that, um, visual effects and TV were like, okay yeah. now. And it's, it's an exciting time for me because a lot of that stuff is going to be in London. So I'm like, come on Disney plus. <laughs> yes, please come my way. Um, yeah. That I'm just like, come to mama. I am ready to work. I have, I, I feel like I have that like experience now that I'm like, let's do this. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's very cool, but I'm very excited to see where it's going. So, well, you know what? You bring up a really good point. Because television has done this really bizarre change where it's like, it's not even television. I don't even know what we're going to call this media. I guess you would say streaming. I don't know. Like, it's such a weird. 
You know what the term is? What? Ep- episodic. That is the industry term. Episodic. Okay, episodic. I actually like that. Well, with that being said, my, my girl, she was watching some makeup glow up, glow up something. I don't know what it's called on Netflix. But like you forget that reality TV is now coming to the streaming service where you are used to watching reality TV just on TV, quote unquote, be it a, yeah. whatever channel, HGTV, whatever it is. It's weird like this it content I remember when Netflix back in like 2013, 2012, when I first got the streaming platform of it, and I was watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and nothing was on there. Just like, just TV. And it's just so weird to think now it's like, things are made just for this. And you have to have just this service to watch just this show. Dark Crystal, Stranger Things, Mandalorian, um, Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's so weird. It's just bizarre. And like, we we are living in a very interesting time of revolutionizing how we get content, especially because yeah. we're, we're a Star Wars podcast and they've got Star Wars YouTubers. They've got Star Wars like, like Collider, huge companies that do things that affiliate with Star Wars. Then you've got, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, I find that we are living in a very fascinating time of of the change of uh, of how media is being interpreted. And I don't know, I've, I've, I've always felt really... Like my grandfather used to record and do all these crazy things back before it was popular, but now everyone's doing what he does. Like he's got family photos from 1938 because he had the foresight in 2005 to digitize everything he had. You know what I mean? It, and he yep. has audio recordings from the late 40s of of him as a teenager because of everything he had. It's just like – I don't know. Like it, it's weird to see everything kind of come full circle with, with you know the importance of media and how – Things are really being transferred now. I don't know. I, I just find it absolutely incredible. I, I I completely agree, but I also feel it as as the three of us are kind of ambassadors in this kind of digital renaissance or whatever. Of course. They're also, with the way we're consuming media, it also means everyone kind of has a, a stake in it or an opinion or something oh, like that. Yeah. And I feel it, it's up to us to also be those ambassadors and keep things kind of in perspective and to keep everything gracious and gentle. And I, I promise I won't get right. too hot takey, but no. like I know, I know with like Twitter and Facebook and everything is now so interconnected, yes. you know, we're able to talk to people who've worked on the things, you know, so close, you know, employees and things but i feel sometimes people need to understand there is still a line like you know there are still humans and you know it's just kind of like we have to keep it's exciting and it's great that we can all share and talk but we also need to be responsible and be kind basically yeah i don't (laughs) think that's a hot take at all i think that is that's the golden rule. That's the the social media rule. But it's nothing new. I mean, look at our man Ahmed Best. You know, exactly. it's nothing new. But I think it's it's up to us as people who are consuming the media and also promoting the media to keep it very positive and things like that. So that's why I think we all definitely strive to do that. But yeah. amen. Well, you know, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Um, it's funny to think about this too, and this is getting very meta. But like. When you look back at the time we're going through right now, it's pretty much going to be one of those things where, like, we're, like, literally monkeys with phones. Like, that might sound really weird, but, like, <laughs> like we are we are going to be the age in, like, a thousand years from, they're going to look back on, like, oh, my God, like, they drove they drove vehicles like they didn't get driven around by a thing and they had these tools they played with while they drove these vehicles and it's like you know these things they're just posting whatever they want they're posting their entire life they're nothing is private it's just 
I don't know if I really am very retrospective on what I've seen, but really trying to be more um, in tune to what's going on now. And it's really just insane. And like, you, it's hard to really kind of grasp how intense this world is in regards to communication and what we expect versus what we get. And like, I think the last Jedi is a good product of that because it's like, you could attack the director. You could literally, and he, you never know if you'll see it and you could tell when he does or when he doesn't. But like, I mean, it was just, it's still so weird. It's hard to get over it. I kind of want to get everyone's opinion on this. Uh, I can start with you, Jerry. Is there a per- particular moment, not just the the um, the sequel trilogy, but in all of Star Wars that you can just remember being like so incredible? You know, just in regards to the, like you said, special and visual effects. I like that I now know the difference. By the way, thank you, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think here. Um, Man, I don't. There, there's been, there's always been stuff that's like so. Um, I'm stuttering through this, but uh, there's always been stuff that's so uh, mind blowing. It, it's hard to pick one moment because each movie has it. Um, I can pick mine. I think like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. The uh, the force the force back. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Wow! Why? Because, again, it, I can tell it's a combination of practical and visual, and it works in such a way that it's, it helps the story. So I love that you have the use of sound. So the moment Ray touches that saber, the lights change, but then all of a sudden you see it, you know, you're in Bespin. But then somehow they do it to where when she then, like, the, the world is falling around her, but then she rolls, and then now it, it's just that whole, I love break, I just would, oh, that's a whole another like segment on its own another day just breaking down where's the visual where's the practical you know kind of thing and just again it's very create it's also very creatively edited because you're getting kind of frames and things and it's it's used as a good storytelling because i mean i'm sorry because of that force back vision or whatever that just started three years of speculating on who is Ray and what is this yeah, right. and it literally was the shot heard around the world uh, this just was in the Star Wars universe and it just <laughs> for me because it was also again something we had never seen before and it was it was just for me that's that's my standout moment which I know is kind of funny because it's not this big fantastical space battle or you know oh I know all how they did it behind the scenes it's for me is that because it's just like yeah it just is a beautiful kind of visual and practical and it and story based and yeah it's just that for me that's mine that's awesome can I bring up a really weird thing I discussed in October Jerry it's it's the, the, it. the research I did. So at one point, this plays totally what you were saying. There's the sequence where they're on Bespin, and she sees she might, she sees something from far away. I think it's quote-unquote a little boy or whatever the thing from the novelization is. She sees it from far yeah. away. But I don't know if you know this. And you might, I'm, pretty, I'm sure you're aware. Um, but the, they full-on had a guy in a Vader suit and a guy with a Mark Hamill lookalike do those scenes, right? Like they they yeah. they legitimately had that shot and all the way done. I did all. I can send you a, a like if I could find the thread. They had a guy dressed as Luke Skywalker. They had the whole set built to like show different angles of that sequence because 
This is from rumors and, and stuff that I've really deep dive into on the internet. But, like, they were going to show where the hand went. There, that was a whole thing. Where the, how the lightsaber, the true journey of the full lightsaber. But um, they full on have, like, a, a double, essentially, of 1980 Mark Hamill from Empire Strikes Back. And it's absolutely incredible what they could have shown with that sequence. And I do love that sequence, the part where right. she falls and it goes to the next shot. That's like, that's still when I watch it, I'm like, what the hell? How did they do that? And then they pan <laughs> and then they look, she looks back up and it's raining and then after that it's in the snow and she stands. It's just like, that's a visual mind warp and the fact that they pulled it off without yeah. without it looking like crap is insane. That's a good, that's a really yeah. good one. I wouldn't have thought you said that but that is a damn good one. <laughs> Do you know yours, say, Gerald? Yeah, I, I think listen, the first thing that really just blew my mind was, you know, we saw Black Friday of, uh, was it 2014, that first teaser yeah. for Force Awakens. And we see BB-8 for the first time, like, rolling like crazy. Th- that's not it. But then in April of the next year, uh, the first celebration in Anaheim uh, for a while, um, they rolled that BB-8 out oh, on stage and Jesus. showed the practicals. And I know it was, you know, you also have uh, Mr. Uh, I forget his last name, but the but Brian the puppeteer, the droid yeah. builder they found at a convention and just pulled him and his buddy in, um, just being the puppeteer on that thing, running around like a crazy man, like in a green morph suit behind that thing, which I want to see the, I, I want to see more behind-the-scenes shots of that because that just sounds hilarious. Yeah. But um, just... That that is like BB-8 is there, and he was like they they figured out how to do a couple different puppets or whatever to to yeah. make him work is just I don't know that that was a, a special effect, uh, Shannon that really uh, blew my mind at the time, and so I don't know, that's that's the only thing that's coming to memory or the first thing that I saw that was like oh my gosh. Um, second only to then, uh, probably seeing the Falcon for the first time, like in great graphics. Oh yeah, that, that would, that is quite cool. Cause yeah, that's the first time in what, I think 30 years that the Millennium Falcon had been seen. So no, that's actually a very good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. We had never, yeah. And since 83, um, yeah, yeah. They hadn't put it in really anything else before that, had they? Yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty I sure mean, was- you saw like a couple landing, you saw one landing in Revenge of the Sith and a couple parked. Uh, at Naboo, uh, whenever Anakin and Padme were like landing in Attack of the Clones, but they were like, it's like really far away. You have to like pause, and I had yeah. to pause and run up to the screen and show Allison, my wife, like, look, look, there it is, right there. You see it, like right <laughs> there, and then yeah. it was done. So. <laughs> no, um, yeah, that's a really good shot to bring up because pretty sure they completely recreated almost digitally the same exact shot from. Um, from Empire, where it kind of swoops in on its side and it swoops back, kind of. Didn't they kind of in its own weird way? I think so, yeah. There was a visual yeah. parallel to that. I know it was at least a visual parallel to how that part was supposed to look. But, um, Jay, that's a great one. I, I hadn't thought about that one at all. See, I'm thinking more on a grander scale. Y'all really brought up smaller things. Um, I can tell you my visual effect shot from each one, um, original prequel and sequel. Original trilogy, I think one of the greatest shots is the... Uh, the whole sequence really is the the uh, battle of Endor and Revenge of the Sith, the space battle in particular, freaking and like I watched. I'm like, this this doesn't even make sense how they did this without like real true computering. You know, like I get they had a computer quote unquote that did calculations and a movement, but that is not what I'm using to record this. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's just yeah. crazy <laughs> what they did back then. Um, 
prequel trilogy. Lucifer is cool. Don't get me wrong. Pod race is still sound wise. Uh, sound. It's like it tells such a good story. This is. I think that's the pinnacle of George Lucas's like story through sound and visuals. Like he did the perfect hot rod race, quote unquote, but in Star Wars, and I don't think it could ever be topped. I really. Truly, don't think it could ever be topped. Just I would agree with that. Like, yeah, like, and I watched the special effects of John Knoll, like the beginning, how they the the documentary, the beginning, they like really broke down like the glare off the sand in the background and how like how they had to really animate that, like that wasn't shot, and like how some things were practical. They used photos from a uh, um, which. Uh, Oh man, I can't remember the name of it. A national park in Utah. They literally used like photos of Arches National Park and they like spliced them in with the edit. They put like a graphic around. Like it's like freaking mind blowing about how much goes into that 20 minute sequence. And yes, if I'm not mistaken, it is a 20 minute sequence. That part is quite long. <laughs> it, is, it is so long. But to me, it feels like seven or eight minutes because of how fast and paced it is and the, the lack of yeah. music and then the music at the end. And I. I could talk forever about that one sequence, but um, sequel trilogy. Um, I don't know. The Battle of Crate's pretty incredible. Just like the oh, the, that dust, is. the dust and the the even the end with Luke getting blasted by all the all the things. You would almost think it's real, just how just by how it's done and the show off between Luke and a uh, Kyle at the end. It's it's still beautiful. Just the setting sun. I I can't even believe they it. shot that on a soundstage. Like that that blows my mind. That I did not, that was not yeah. a real environment, but uh, yeah, those are my three real big picks, you know. Um, but yeah, this has been this has been really fun, Shannon. Thank you. I'm sorry we like we picked your mind. We took such a deep dive. This is like an hour and a half. This is more than an hour and a half episode. This is just such a joy. I, I feel like I've accomplished something tonight, and I know we just talked. <laughs> I know we just talked, but I, I know uh. you and Jerry. Are much closer friends than, and, and hopefully you and I will be closer friends after this because absolutely I'm fascinated by what you we discussed today. But uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Of I course, this. absolutely, this is wonderful. Yeah. Jerry, you have any uh, sweet things to say to our friend? <laughs> well, just thank you so much for like staying up so late because I know like um, me and Scotty are in in just this. He's in the Central Time Zone. And uh, I'm in the time zone, whatever that is. Uh, and uh, I'm in the Thunderdome. No, uh, no I'm, I'm over in Eastern time zone. But uh, thank you so much for just staying up in the wee hours of the morning with us to, yes. <laughs> to just uh, talk about your day job, you know, which oh, yeah. is no, an I, impressive day I, job. I, you know, I, I love it. Cause I- it, and it's funny. It's I well, thank you first of all, and for me, it's it's not even to like talk about like me. I just like geeking out about visual effects, and I love what better than to to geek out about visual effects and talk about Star Wars at the same time because <laughs> right. it's it's cool that you know one of our things that we all have in common is also very much pushing the boundaries yeah. uh, of visual effects, and it and always has been. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. One day, I'll be at. ILM myself. Hey. That's kind of that is that is the end goal. Yes. But um, I, I do I do wonder if I'd have to like stop doing podcasts and things because I, I would I I think I might would even do it. I'd have to maybe even do it by choice because I don't ever 
want to be tied to say if something leaks because I've now in the last year been very vocal and you guys and other podcasts have been right. very gracious. So I'm kind of known now as like the star Wars visual effect person. Yeah. I always have to disclaim, I don't work at ILM and anything <laughs> I'm discussing is it's just kind of a generalized how it's done. It is not a specified to like a certain show or something or unless you know i'm kind i am i'll mention them by name but uh i mean it would be sad but it's also one of those i'm like that that is the the end game especially with all that disney plus stuff now totally oh yeah i would love to be on mandalorian or obi-wan or cassian or any of those or even the marvel i'd be like yes please so that that definitely is the uh that's the end game so watch the space so um uh, look, look at those credits, kids. Pay attention to those credits. Seriously. Oh, well, here's a here, side note. Those credits, only a quarter of the people that have worked on the visual effects get their name on screen. Oh, man. Oh, wow. What? Yep. Yep. Is it, is it based on seniority? Like, how do you root? That's time. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So that's why, actually, I only have one on-screen credit, and that happens to be... well technically two now is the lion king and dark crystal and the reason why is but they're what they call sole vendors where one company worked on them when you have multi vendors you have such little time yeah it, and also john favreau is just that amazing of a person i could see him going everybody is getting a credit that wouldn't surprise um, me. nice yeah he's such a gentleman um but uh yeah so there you go there's your last ending tidbit that those names you see on screen that marvel is so clever and makes you sit through all of them yeah. Yep. So you can see an end screen. Yep. That's a qu- quarter of the people who've worked on it. Wow. I guarantee you. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's so go out and hug a visual effects uh, a worker <laughs> today, kids, please tell them you love, tell your, tell your visual effects family members. You love it. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Like this, this yeah, is really been such a special episode. Is there, can you please plug your stuff so everyone can find you in different and different reaches of the galaxy? Oh, yeah. Um, of course. So I'm I'm very prominent on uh, Twitter. Uh, just recently changed the handle, so it is P C G E. I noticed that. Yeah, I would ask you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just it was it's because now kind of doing episodes and things, I've needed to kind of change it to make it easier to say. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah it's P C G E underscore podcast. So that stands for Postcards from Galaxy's Edge. So P C G E underscore. Uh, podcast on Twitter and then uh, I am on Instagram I'm sharing kind of like uh, my like Star Wars memorabilia memorabilia I can say a word <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's postcards of the galaxy's edge and I do have a patron um, page that I'm hoping I have two wonderful patrons and I'm starting to do more kind of behind the scenes content for yeah. patrons because I like to show the post-production side of you know when I do the graphics and the editing I mean I think to do a podcast I'm using four different softwares to get it from beginning to end wow so yeah and so just kind of showing that kind of thing so i have a patreon page postcards from the galaxy's edge with tears starting at two i guess it would be two dollars for you me it's two pounds but yeah (laughs) (laughs) and things like that but um yeah and just any please anytime i can i'll ask I'll answer any visual effect questions I can to the best of my abilities without breaking any non-disclosure acts and uh, things like that. Well, you'll get some from me, but, uh, (laughs) but no, (laughs) gates have been opened. 
I, 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 for anyone that has not had the opportunity to go watch any of Shannon's videos or be involved with any of her like community um, type events, especially with streaming, go do it. I mean, I've, I've done it a handful of times, but after this conversation, after how much fun I got to have with her here, I know that I will be a hundred percent involved. And oh, thank you. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, there's, there's people like you and Pete Fletzer and TRB and Alex Damon and these people that like, I, I don't mean to put on a pedestal, but whenever I see a like from them or I get to talk with them on social media, it's just a pleasure. And it's like, you know, we, we're lucky enough to have a community that we have now where it's all really joined together. But hopefully my goal is by the time we get in August for celebration, yes, we will have someone with a, a webcam on their forehead and a <laughs> and an iPad on their face. And you will be walking around celebration with us and we'll be holding your hand. Uh, It'll be very weird. But no, that is going to what's be... What's Troy? What's Troy doing? Exactly. Uh, exactly. We'll, get, we'll pay my cousin to do you it. Your no. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, but I'm just all kidding, Troy. Uh, you're all you're you are now part of the one and only club and the Bombad fam. A proud will member. Welcome you exactly. Oh, but you uh, are you, a member of the Bombad fam. Thank you very much. Yes, and, and thanks for letting me. Like this was probably the most personable or personal kind of like magical mystery tour I've done about yeah. like me and like my journey. I didn't mean to because no, anything, great. but yeah, it just you know it just it it's. I I think if I wanted to say anything to anyone who's interested in getting into visual effects and things like anything it's it's a lot of hard work and as you see it's going to take time it took me nearly 15 years to get where yeah. i am but stick with it but also always be gracious always be humble and do not forget where you came from kind of thing as well because there's it takes a village to get anybody to where they are and yeah yeah well, thank you so much for your time and, and, and getting a chance to do this. Uh, Jerry, let's let's plug our little stuff. We can do our little classic sign-off, and we'll call it a night but uh, or a, a bomb at Friday. <laughs> um, Jerry, where can the wonderful people find you in our T-shirts and our, I, our new, uh, I guess, our new marketing campaign and social media? That was yeah. barely strangely said. <laughs> I like um, it. <laughs> well, uh, all over the place, all over the place. And again, no, no, thank you, Shannon, just once again for coming on Seriously. here and stuff. It's been a pl- – like I have fun, so much fun and I, I, like it's a pleasure to work with you and making stuff and, and just glad we finally were able to have you on. Um, and Seriously. it's okay. You know, people tend to spill their guts around us, so uh, it just <laughs> happens. But uh, guys, check Shannon's stuff out. You can follow myself, my bomb bad self, at Jerry the Cannon Junkie at – the Cannon Junkie. Uh, you can... Uh, Scotty, where can the people follow you? They can follow me at the Scott Jero. Uh, make Ooh. sure you... Uh, my students stay away from my Instagram. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, make sure you are... I've been there. NSFW, man. It is bizarre. It is not... <laughs> it, has been a, it has been ran since the year 2011, and it is strange. Got some strange history on there and some strange content. I don't content. think I've seen... I don't think I've went and scrolled a bit. I no. know what I'm going to do probably till about midnight my time. <laughs> it, you know, so. Jerry, it's it's like 3,600 posts. <laughs> it is weird. But no, uh, in all seriousness, please make sure you like and follow our uh, our pages and everything affiliated with us. Um, be sure to get us on Twitter, Instagram, um, 
Facebook, of course. Uh, T Public is booming. Bomb Badcast. Just, just Bomb search. Bomb Badcast. Easy. The easiest thing you can search. Don't buy those fake shirts we found. Um, no, go to T Public, the Bomb yes. Badcast swag shop. We found, Shannon, we found some counterfeit Bomb Badcast. I saw that. It's so weird. Oh, I had some counterfeit ones. Actually, it's no, I weird. don't wish I did, but yeah. I don't know. What. I had somebody. As somebody at, uh, I don't know if it was at, at work or, or, or my my church or wherever I was at, someone, a family member was like, hey, just you, you tell those people selling the shirts in China to stop or whatever. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to or not. So. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Jerry, plug the Clone Wars thing and then we can get off this uh, wonderful thing. What is wrong? All right. Yeah, well, guys, you know, we are uh, doing the first ever in the world, in the galaxy, uh, Bombad, or, well, Bombadcast. We're the first Bombadcast, but we are doing a Clone Wars After Arc show. Yes, pretty much. again, the show that is famous for uh, letting a bunch of young teenage nerds know what arcs actually are and story arcs. uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, but anyway, we are our show experience outranks everything uh, is going to be starting. I guess whenever the first arc ends, so we'll see. I think uh, yeah, we the first we're going to go episode to episode. So after the uh, Bad Batch arc airs, which comes out today, it came out today. Yeah, it did. Wow, wasn't Ooh. wasn't it amazing? Wow, That's loves that episode. Insane. I'm nervous. We'll, we'll talk about it in like four weeks. Um, <laughs> We'll probably talk about it on our regular episodes, too. But Yeah, we'll uh, see. We're going to run logistics soon. Right, right. But check those out. Those will be coming soon. And uh, until next time, stay bombay. Oh, bomb that.